What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. Today's special guest is Tanisha Brignani. Tanisha Brignoni. Oh, I still said Tanisha. Damn it. <laughs> Close though. Yeah. Tanisha Brignani. Okay. Yes, Brignoni. Yeah, Brignoni. Brignoni. All right. And so she is a fantastic guest for us. We're going to jump right in and talk about her and learn a little bit about her. Uh, I'm just excited about sharing what she has to offer. Uh, this podcast in particular is designed to. Uh, give voice to the black narrative. Uh, oftentimes, the word black is associated with negativity, but us as black people know that there's uh, black excellence that exists all around the world. And Tanisha is a, another example of that. So, Tanisha, just give uh, the world a little background um, about who you are and where you're from. Okay. Um, well, I am born and raised in Detroit. Um, I come from a household where I had, it was nine of us in my mother's home and my father has five girls on his side. So I have a lot of siblings. Um, went to Denby High School, went to Wayne State University and graduated um, with a degree in media arts and studies. Um, I have a background. I've always been creative. So I started off doing poetry events when I was in my 20s. Um, I would host different types of events. I had a show called the Erotic Poetry Show, where I collaborated with um, different poets all over Detroit. And we had really, you know, it grew to be pretty huge, but it just wasn't profitable. So eventually I stopped doing that. And I started going to school at Wayne State, um, changed my major to filmmaking, I think, maybe like in my early 30s or something. I had like three majors before I finally settled on filmmaking. So once I started filmmaking, I realized that was, you know, my niche. I actually always was a storyteller and that just really meshed well with everything that I had done already. Excellent, excellent. And so I think what I found interesting there is a lot of times we hear about the money-making part and everybody wants to get to money, but talk a little bit about the importance of uh, your educational background, how that laid the foundation to to the money part. <laughs> well, I don't know if it did that, but <laughs> in terms of my education um, at Wayne State, it was it was eye opening for me because it actually exposed me to a world that I was not familiar with. You know, I had never. Um, conceive the 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 option of being a filmmaker and even now being a filmmaker and being in Michigan is really challenging um, I get some work but I do have to supplement my income with like a part-time job usually to be honest with you so I'm not dripping in bucks right now <laughs> um, however it's it's something that I'm very passionate about and it's something that I'm actually really good at um, so I stick with it but yeah my 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 foundation was the education um, in terms of, you know, learning the different skills and learning um, the basics of storytelling. But with filmmaking, you're always learning more. So every time I do a different project, I'm learning more. Every time I venture into something different, because you have to think like being a filmmaker um, is a little different from what my latest thing is, which is being a um, film festival curator. Okay. All right. Excellent. 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 
All right. So you 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 have a educational background and the educational background has helped you with regards to your career, but we're still looking for the uh the, the lucrative payout from it, right? Um exactly. so I looked at your bio and I saw something about the Michigan Creative Film Alliance. Uh let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, that was actually um, initiative um, started when we had Governor Granholm in office, and it was a collaboration between Wayne State, U of M, and Michigan State, where they put the three universities together, um, their film students, and every summer we would come up with a different, um, like a feature, not a feature, a short film. Um, so the first, I wasn't a part of the very first year, but I was a part of the second year, and that second year production, um, I think I started off like... I can't remember. I was like a PA or something. I had a really low level position. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of my maturity and my experience, because I've always, you know, done events and sales and I just have a very diverse background. I actually grew to be a co-producer. So I ended up getting a co-producer credit for that. Wow. And then the next year's production, um, they just was like, OK, well, you're going to be the producer, you know, and gave me the top, you know, as the head producer over that. And so um, what that did, that actually taught me how to manage a crew. I had a crew of like, I believe, 30 people. Um, It gave us a a budget. So I was able to work with a budget. And also we had to raise our own funds. And I believe we raised about maybe 15,000 or something. I can't really remember. Um, But it taught me how to do fundraising. So all that really helped me, you know, in my career. And as I grew as a filmmaker and, you know, festival person. Okay. Excellent. And so I also saw something about uh, the Cinematic Griot Collective. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah. So that is um, actually a, a collaboration or a different group of people that I put together. So it's like, you know, film. what I learned is that it takes a lot of people to really put a successful project together, all different diverse people. Yeah. Coming from a film background, um, you sometimes have people that are in competition with each other. And so what my um, organization, the Cinematic Real Collective, it's filmmakers, it's artists, it's creators, it's drummers, it's dancers, and everybody had the same common mission, which was to put together our first um, project, which was the Idlewild International Film Festival. So since I knew and was close to all these different creative people that I had you know, met along my journey, I was like, hey, you know, I'm putting together this project. Do you want to be a part of it? And they were like, yeah. So they became uh, part of the collective. And it's just people using their skills and um, just coming together to put something together. Whereas we didn't have like a large budget. So we didn't have a big production company funding it. So we just basically did everything ourselves and it was successful. All right. Great, great, great. So um, while I'm listening to you, I'm pulling out a lot of things that I think are, are relevant and transcend more than just the film industry. The importance of teamwork, right? The, the importance of having diversity on the team, people bringing in their own skill set, right? And working collaboratively. Those are skill sets that are valuable anywhere, right? All right. I'm sorry, you know what? My computer actually froze up and there it goes saying my internet is unstable. <laughs> uh, so I lost you right at the part where you said you're putting a lot of things together. So you might wanna start over there. Okay. Well, I was just kind of building off some of the things you said, and you were talking about the importance of diversity. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the importance of people bringing in their own skill set and then being able to work collaboratively. And I was just mentioning how 
those skills are important, not just in the film industry, but in pretty much any, any industry you get into, right? For sure. Um, what African-Americans um, tend to have, we have a lot of talent and skills, but we don't always have that, you know, funding and, or that, you know, that money. So, but we can still do things, you know, if we work together, we can work and do different projects and it's, we're not limited because we are so diverse and so talented. And that's what the Cinematic Rio Collective has proven. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing that excited me most is, um, you know, my partner that's working behind the scenes, uh, Sean Smith, was able to attend the Idlewild International Film Festival last year. Right. And, uh, he just went on and on and on about the Idlewild uh, International Film Festival. So just share with the world what the Idlewild uh, International Film Festival is, how it came about, and, you know, your passion behind it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a lot, but um, I'll try to sum it up really quickly, though. You know, uh, um, just take your time with it. So the um, Idlewild International Film Festival is a, um, it's a women featured film festival, which means that we feature the works of um, women. Okay. Um, it's a diverse group of women from all over the world, you know, hence the word international. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, it came about to me as something, it was basically, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of women-led festivals in Michigan or in Detroit that I knew of at the time. So around 2017, I started bouncing around the idea of starting my own um, film festival. And in 2018, I actually went on a spontaneous trip to Idlewild, which I didn't even know that Idlewild existed. Um, The only thing I knew about Idlewild was from the movie. And so I ended up in Idlewild, um, ended up shooting a short film, which is actually called With Love from Idlewild. And that was very spontaneous, was not planning on shooting anything. I just happened to have my camera with me while I was on vacation. And I just noticed how beautiful everything was and the scenery and the atmosphere and the energy was just phenomenal. And so I just started capturing everything. And when I got home, I looked at the footage and was like, wow, you know, there's a story here. And so once I started editing, because I do a little bit of editing, Um, I started meshing everything together and I just um, composed poetry that led the story to fill in those spots where there wasn't, you know, necessarily dialogue and it turned into a short film. Mm -hmm. So, you know, initially that's when I was like, well, you know what? I want to have a screening in Idlewild. I'm going to invite my little film friends and my family and we're going to go up to Idlewild so that they can experience like I did. Mm -hmm. And I started this Facebook, you know, (laughs) Facebook event page. Oh my God. People started sharing the damn event page. (laughs) Like, what the hell? So I look up, (laughs) it's like, a thousand people or something ridiculous talking about, but we know we only get like 20, 10% of that or whatever okay. talking about they going to this festival. So I'm like, what, you know? <laughs> so at that point I realized that I really had to get this going. I, it became an obsession from the time that I started um, working on it. I worked on that festival every single day. I didn't take breaks, but that's when I'm driven on something. I tend to do that no matter what, like even if I'm doing little projects at home, I cannot rest until it's done. And so, um, reached out to different people, started a um, website, started the streaming, got a lot of really good films. And it became, I think I got over, I want to say like 91 submissions. And it became a a three-day event, which was crazy for a first-year festival in the middle of nowhere, mind you. And, uh, (laughs) And it was just, you know, it was a lot of fun. And there were, the funny thing about it, is that a lot of my friends who meant well, or I'm not going to say a lot, some of my friends who meant well told me, 
oh, you should wait another year. You should wait till 2020 wow. to do it. You should do this and that. But my instincts and my ancestors who were leading me told me to do it the, that next year. Had I listened to y'all, no offense, there wouldn't have been an Idaho Film Festival, you know, because we had COVID, you know? And so, yeah, that was that was what um, drove me to put the to put together the festival. So basically, to sum it all up, it was just insanity. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was needed. And the funny thing about it is that these people that came to the festival, I had people from Canada, from Georgia, I had people all over, I had people from all walks of life. I didn't know a lot of the people there, um, but a lot of people built these friendships from that um, weekend that they still have, you know, and it's, it's really, it's really cool for me to see that, you know, people, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so, you know, because we have our little um, film group on Facebook, even though I haven't been that active lately, but yeah, people have connected and built relationships and yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So I think the question that jumps in my mind immediately is where is Idlewild? <laughs> okay, it's up north in Michigan. I'm trying to think what is the closest. It's close to, well, it's where Fair State University is, close to Fair State University. Okay. So, yeah, it's like four and a half hours from Detroit. Okay. And do you know the history of Idlewild by chance? Uh, I was speaking at your page a little bit and uh, not a whole lot. So I still okay. got more homework to do, but feel free to oh. educate me on camera. <laughs> so just to sum it up a little bit, Idlewild is a historical African-American um, resort town, or I don't know if they call it town or village or whatever, because they keep telling me different things and research keep telling me different things. But anyway, we'll call it a town as of today, um, just for the sake of discussion. Okay. And so basically it was a place where one of the very few places where we were allowed to um, go to where we could just be ourselves and, and escape the, the horror of segregation. Mm. And so a lot of our great, um, such as Lena Horn, um, Cab Calloway, um, Aretha Franklin, like all these people used to travel up there to just party and have a good time. So, wow. yeah, it was just a place to escape the nonsense that we still going through today. And it grew and flourished. You know, it had a large um, summer po population and also had a large um, population of people that lived there year round, which basically their income was that, you know, different um, visitors coming in or tourists. Mm -hmm. But what happened is after um, segregation ended and we were able to travel anywhere. Idlewild kind of died a little bit. Um, well, it died, you know, it died, it diminished, the numbers dropped, you know, a lot of businesses went out of business. Wow. Um, so yeah, so we kind of, in our, in our quest for trying to see what the others were doing, we kind of abandoned Idlewild. Wow. So there has been an initiative over the last, God, it's been going on for a long time, um, 15, 20 years. It just started back up again, I think maybe three or four years where people are trying to tell people about it, um, tell especially African-Americans to go buy property up there to help kind of rebuild it. Because because no matter what they say, they can say Idlewild never died. You know, people still live there. We're not questioning that people still live there. What we're saying is that the vitality and, you know, the energy is not there like it used to be. Yeah. So it's, it's a time to bring new industry, new, you know, things and also respect and honor the history but you can't live off the history. You have to live off the future. The future belongs to those who are alive as of today. Yeah. So that is, that is part of my mission to help bring new energy there, to help bring new vitality, to expose new people to Idlewild. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for that history lesson. I am a history teacher by trade. And so, you know, I find often that there's so much history that I don't know about. So I never pretend to know it all. And I'm definitely curious about Idlewild and I'm going to do more research on it. 
just learning about you and what you're doing there, but specifically because of this interview. Now, uh, the next question that I had was, so if I'm attending the film festival, give me uh, some insight of what that experience would be like. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's interesting because I, I it really, I think that my experience as a person running around as, as a crazy person, keeping everything together is a little different than the people. Because the people that, that went there had a ball. Mm -hmm. I worked my ass off. <laughs> my language. But what it was, it was, um, I had three days of events. So you come in on Friday and um, we had um, vendors. We had, um, you know, obviously an outdoor screening off the water, which was just picturesque. It was beautiful. Wow. Um, so you bring your lawn chairs and you, you know, you sit out and you watch movies at night. And during the day, you can go to different workshops. Um, we had some, some, um, what else do we have? We had dancers. We had like a, a African dancers teaching lessons. Um, we had yoga in the morning. Wow. Um, we had a VIP section where people who traveled on the bus were just um, led all around Idlewild, which is very small. It's not like a huge place to visit, okay. um, but they were taking on a historical tour. Mm -hmm. um, what else? You could you could have ventured off and went fishing. Um, there's a little um, bar, which is a historical bar called the Red Rooster, which everybody goes. It's almost like the Black Cheers. Okay. So we like to go there and have drinks and just, you know, it just feels really homey. It feels like home. And um, yeah, so then the second day um, you get up early and, you know, did your yoga, whatever you want to do. Then you you played on the, the festival ground all day with the vendors, the music. Oh, we forget the music. We had DJs. <laughs> so we had music all day. And then at night you wind down and you watch movies. And, and what was so beautiful about it is that while we were out there, I believe it was Saturday night and it was really just a beautiful, cool breeze. And then this beautiful shooting star came across the sky and, and everybody in the um, crowd was just in awe. They were like, oh, all at the same time. So it just felt really magical. It always felt magical to me. <laughs> so um, yeah. And then the third day um, we ended it with our award ceremony where we pass out awards to the different filmmakers that were able to attend and we had a VIP brunch and then everybody went home. Mr. Sean Smith, AKA S squared <laughs> actually attended the uh, Idle, uh, Idle Wild International Film Festival, the inaugural one, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. The inaugural one. Yeah. And uh, so give the uh, audience an, uh, an explanation or description of your experience. She she summed it up very well. It was it was beautiful. The timing was perfect. Um, other than like I said, one part like I said she well, we was talking a little bit off screen that the the tour guide kind of took her own thing, and we couldn't get back to see some of the films that were wasn't the feature at that night. But it was beautiful. You know, I got to take my bike up. I, matter of fact, I gave up my seat on the bus because I was a VIP, but I gave up my seat on the bus so my bike, Black Sparty, can get up there in one piece. <laughs> and um, I rode that Saturday morning and went around, you know, around not only the grounds, but around um, Ottawa. And, it, and it's beautiful. And the historical, you know, not knowing those um, historical facts of how that was yeah. um, a haven for African-Americans during that time. Um, like I say, the movies were intriguing. They were different. They were, um, so you had all types of different types of movies that was there. Um, the people was cool. 
like I said, a partner of mine met me up, met up there and he, um, he grilled and he cooked and, but they had vendors as well. So um, it was, it was a great mixture. You had black owned businesses up there um, selling their wares and pictures and beauty products. I, like I said, I cried when I had to <laughs> delete it off my phone um, this um, cause this summer cause of COVID yeah. and I was hoping and she, and she, she held off to the last till she said that we couldn't do it. Right. And I was hope I was holding out hope that it would go um, down. I said, I'll at least be my one place I can go, but you know, people didn't cooperate and um, we didn't do well with the pandemic. And so I'm looking forward to 21 that she's doing and I'm up there. I I will support that. And again, everybody was cool. Um, you met people from different places. I talked to her parents um, yeah. at the um, award ceremony and I, I, I try, I hit everything I possibly could to um, immerse myself that weekend. Okay. All right. Well, it was Thank never you. bored. It was so much to do. <laughs> it was so much to do. People was like, it was so much to do that they were overwhelmed. Like they couldn't do everything, which I thought that's that's always the mission of a, a good film festival because it's easy. Most well, most film festivals do not incorporate um, nature and everything that we had going yeah. on. So our people were never bored. Yeah. So thank you, uh, S squared, Sean Smith, for that uh, firsthand experience. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, up north because me as a, a person that grew up in Detroit on the east side uh, up north was not a place that uh, that I was told was smart to visit and uh, as a 51 year old man I'm still right. a little fearful of going out that way so same uh, Actually, what, what are your same. thoughts on that I thought the same thing. Like up north was, we was told not to go. I'm from the east side too, and I was told, you know, oh, we don't fool around up north. But um, come to find out, you know, there are some places up there that are, you know, black folk friendly. And Idlewild was one, and I can't think of the other. Um, there's another village up there that was um, mostly black people. Okay. But um, I think that I don't think that it's what maybe it was back then, but I don't know. It, if you know anything, well, you know about the Green Book. So Idlewild was actually one of those places where um, that was included in the Green Book. So people knew what towns to go through and, and where to go to get to Idlewild safely. Yeah. Um, I think now it's a little different. Like I've been there five or six times. I've never had an issue. Okay. Um, I've never heard of anyone particularly having an issue up there. I'm sure there are issues. I just don't know of any personally. And even the white people that live there, um, I didn't feel any type of, First of all, I think that a lot of them don't know they're white in, in terms of how we identify white people here in the Detroit area. Like they're they don't act they act totally different. Like they just act like regular people, which we all should. But it's, yeah. it's hard to explain. When you go there, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's just so it's so different. Yeah. But I never felt um, any like um, racism racism to any of the restaurants um, that are around there that are you know mostly like a white you know population. Um, don't get me wrong. I know there are. There are some Trump flags. There are some Confederate flags out there. You know, we see all that driving up there. Um, that's interesting. But even the ones that look like they about to say the N-word, 
<laughs> come up to you and talk to you like you, you know, like they just regular people. And so, yeah, that was my personal experience. But yes, I get you on that because I was not too keen when the, the idea was introduced to me to go up north. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But yeah, it was beautiful, though. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the world finding out about Idlewild, um, the Dripping in Black podcast, doing whatever it can to help drum up uh, more attention to Idlewild and and so 2021 is going to be a great year for us all. We've all we're all paying our dues this year, but um, we look forward to the 2021 uh, Idlewild International Film Festival. Um, tell uh, the world where they can find more information out about what you do and what you're all about, your social media presence and all that. You can find um, the Idlewild Film Festival. It's- Actually, Idlewild Film Fest on, on Instagram. So it's Idlewild Film Fest on Instagram. Um, my website, you can go to www.cinematicgrio, which is G-R-I-O-T.com. Um, or you can do, and I might get this one wrong, it's www.idlewildfilmfest.com. So either one will take you to the same um, site. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, you can find the Idlewild International Film Festival on Facebook. Okay. Um, yeah, so those those are the three ways that you can find us. And yeah, we'd love to connect with you. Go on the website, join our mailing list. We'll send out um, different information, let you know what's going on with the festival. I'm actually starting a monthly film series starting in October just to get people acclimated to the different types of films that we're going to be showing come in 2021. Right. So we want to keep people involved. But um, the main reason that I didn't do the film festival this year is because, again, because of COVID and also because I could not um, really accept the idea of not being an Idlewild and having that experience because it's all about people connecting and being around nature and also enjoying great cinema. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think I would be remiss not to mention that you are also an award winning uh, filmmaker. So there are a couple of films that you won awards for. Can you tell the world about those? Yeah, um, the, the two films that I received awards for actually were when I was in, um, still a student at Wayne State University. Um, the first film is Beauty Queen, which talked about um, alopecia um, and the effects of it and how it affected a young girl. And I believe that one may, I don't remember how many, but I think it won like three awards or something like that. It was a short film. Um, and then the second film was called Down River, which was a very interesting um, comedic story that talked about a young man who moved from a suburban life to more of a, um, I don't know how to call it, but we call it a Down River type of life, you know, here in Michigan. I don't know what the appropriate term universally would be, um, but, you know, basically he, he moved to Taylor Tuck. Uh, which anybody from Michigan know what Taylor Tuck is like. And so he moved there. He had to adjust from more of an Ann Arbor type of lifestyle to that. So that one is actually available to watch for free on my website. And, I, you know, I enjoy watching. It's one of the first um, big productions that I worked on. And it's just, you know, it's really close to my heart. And I believe that one won about five different awards. Okay, great, great, great. Now, what about currently? What are you working on? Um, so currently, I do a lot of, ind- I'm not going to say a lot, that's exaggerating. I do, <laughs> I do independent, um, like, production work. So usually, 
Um, I do a lot of behind the scenes, like producing. So I handle like the business aspects of different um, film projects. Um, I've just recently worked on a, a project with um, ABC Australia. I can't remember the name because I'm so terrible with things like that. Um, but it is on my Facebook page and I'll also put it on my Idlewild film page. And it talks about um, COVID. And so I think that's really relevant to what's going on right now. They actually came to um, Detroit and they were looking for a filmmaker who could kind of connect them with the community. And I was the perfect person because I know um, so many different diverse groups of people. Um, we came, we interviewed some people and we just, and they just do like a juxtaposition with the African-American community and the non-African-American community and how we are um, handling COVID and how people feel about Trump. So it's just very um, relevant to what's going on right now. Um, in addition to that, of course, I'm planning for um, the film festival in 2021 and um, also doing, what else am I doing? Lord have mercy. It's like I'm always doing something. I'm also doing a lot of writing. Um, another film that I did um, last year is called With Love from Idlewild. That was a short film. And actually, that's not quite available. I might put that on my website. But that actually documents the journey that I mentioned earlier when I first went to Idlewild, my very first trip there. So I was able to capture that and I was able to put that um, into a little short story. And I'll be happy to share that with people just so that they can get a glimpse into what I saw when I visited it. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to thank you for coming out, Miss Tanisha Brick Noni. There you go. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on here. I'm a guest on the uh, Dripping in Black podcast. And uh, we look forward to the wonderful things you have in store. And perhaps having you back on at a later date. I'd love to come back on. Thank you for having me. the easiest way to create a podcast not only is it free it has all the tools one needs to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer additionally anchor distribute your podcast to all major platforms such as apple podcasts spotify and many others anchor is an amazing one-stop shop for podcasting Download your Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Our thanks again to the wonderful, beautiful, creative, and fun Tanisha Brignoni. Uh, had a lot of fun in that conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, the bright future ahead for that rising star but as usual uh, when we come to the end of the podcast we end with the segment one last drip one last drip is an opportunity for us to squeeze in one last drip of black excellence before we leave you and today we were talking a lot about filmmaking so our uh, subject for one last drip today is a trailblazer female black 
trailblazer in the filmmaking world by the name of Madeline Anderson. Um, if you've never heard about her or learned about her, she is worth the time and effort to look up. Uh, there's a great website called the National Museum of African American History and Culture um, that you might want to check out. Um, that's where I got a lot of my information from. Um, lots of firsts that she accomplished as a black woman behind the scenes with production with regards to television. Um, specifically, she produced and directed uh, Sesame Street and The Electric Company. She's uh, also made some major documentaries. Uh, there are two that are recognized uh, on the website that I mentioned. One is called The uh, Integration Report. The other is called I Am Somebody. All right, and they both deal with some of the uh, very prevalent and still relevant issues that uh, African Americans are facing in this day and age. All right, um, powerful voice. Uh, there's a lot of videos out there as well where uh, she's actually speaking. Uh, so for me, it was just a joy to, to learn a lot about uh, her. She's one of those unsung people in our history that gets overlooked in history books and things of that nature. So uh, again, trailblazing black female filmmaker, Madeline Anderson. Check her out when you have a chance and learn more about uh, your black history and our black excellence that spans the globe. All right. Until next time, we will leave it there. As always, be good, be good, be good. It is a choice.